0: Hello, and welcome to episode 152 of the Nintendo Jump podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. Today is May 27th. My name's Kellen, and today we have our Game of the Month episode for New Pokemon Snap. And this is usually the time when I go ahead and introduce my good friend Sergio. But Sergio's actually not with us today, and it's actually kind of tragic why. Um... Sorry to start off this episode with such a somber story, but he was just going about his day, um, going on his photography route, his favorite route in game, and he saw a score bunny and decided to exit his NEO one, which is a big safety no-no. And um, just (laughs) due to his excitement, he ran after that score bunny and Machamp just blindsided him. So Sergio is currently recovering. Um, I think he learned from his lesson, but... We uh, really hope you're doing well, Serge. We uh, miss you on the show. But as always, um, we have my good friend Butterbean. I mean Kevin. Kevin, what's going on, man?
1: <laughs> oh, I did not expect that. I'm doing pretty well, and Sergio. I hope you feel better soon. This is what you get for eating so much Pikmin or so many. No, no, I'm kidding. Um, I would. I might have been the same fate uh, since I've been doing my fair share of eating. But anyway. Um, yeah, how about you, Kellen? How are you doing? Man, I'm doing
0: pretty good. Um, I Whenever I go around and photograph Pokemon, I make sure to keep my hands and arms inside of the uh, right at all times, like instructed. And I just really hope we learn from our good friend, Sergio, to uh, really obey all those safety protocols. They're there for your own safety, and those Pokemon, they can be dangerous, man.
1: You sure can, but you know, uh, besides us, we do have a very, very special guest up on board, right here on the pod, let me introduce you to Sis willy Hey
2: guys, thank y'all for having me. today hopefully I can fill the you know space in everyone's heart that Sergio's left us with here this week.
0: Well don't call it an upgrade, but we're glad you could step in.
2: It's more of a dubious disc really. Oh man. That's a Pokemon joke for you, Kellen, sorry.
0: I know that went over my head, so I figured it was. But yeah, we're we're really uh, excited to have you on the show. Uh, Swilly's a member of our Discord, longtime listener, first time guest on the show, and um, we'll refer to him as Sean on the show, so it's not just Swilly. But yeah, thanks again for making the time to be with us. Uh, I know you were super excited about Pokemon Snap coming out and have been playing it a lot. So really excited to kind of get some of your thoughts on the game as you played through it this month. So thanks again.
2: Yeah, for sure, and thanks again for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. So as always, we're going to go ahead and start out with some news before we dive into our review of Pokemon Snap. So, Kevin, let's keep it Pokemon-related. We got some exciting news, some release dates, and these games are coming up pretty fast. Which one are you excited for? Uh, none of them.
1: No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for... <laughs> no, you know what, though? I am very excited for uh, the... what Whatchamacallit, the... Um, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, and those are coming out on November 19th, 2021, which is coming pretty soon. I mean, you know, six months, uh, less than six months. And then there is another one that I'm kind of iffy about, but I hopefully it will realize its true potential. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, um, that will be coming out on January 28th, 2022. Uh, before we continue, just want to uh, let y'all know, for those who may or, may or may not be familiar with The Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, those are going to be remakes of the original Diamond and Pearl that came out, I believe, in 2007 or 2006. I think it's 2007. Uh, that's the 4th Gen, so we're going to have a new 4th Gen game. Pretty excited. Are you guys excited? Are you guys going to get these?
2: Uh, probably going to end up picking up at least uh, one of the remakes. I didn't play much of the 4th Gen when they originally came out. And I'm definitely interested in uh, seeing what uh, Legends brings us and the changes they bring to the gameplay to see if it can really uh, maybe put a new life into the game and bring it back from the Monotony that we've seen from it.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see the innovation there too. And I'm there with you. I'm definitely going to pick up one of the remakes. Um, the last mainline game I've played, I've mentioned it a couple times, was Fire Red. So it's been quite some time. I don't think I can name very many Gen 4 Pokemon. So I think it'll be cool to see the remaster of it but then also get to know all these pokemon that I've kind of missed that have been around for a while um as far as legend goes I'm kind of really hoping that they do some sort of demo because I think it's going to be a hard sell for a lot of people because it's so different from the normal the normal pokemon formula so I think it's going to be a good thing um I don't know if they'll nail it on this first iteration I do hope it becomes a series and kind of improves over time but, yeah, really excited about the direction of that, and I think these games are going to be here before we know it.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, as a long-time <laughs> bittersweet Pokemon fan, I am going to be very optimistic about, uh, you know, Pokemon Legends Arceus and the remakes. I don't know which remake I'll get. I did get Diamond in the first iteration of its kind. Well, I might get Pearl, I don't know. We'll see, might have to flip a coin. Um, but, yeah, I am pretty excited, too. And I do like the chibi art style of... What they've shown in the remakes of diamond and pearl so far so very good first impressions and uh, yeah looking forward to it
0: yeah you know those look great and even if those tank uh, squares got your back because did you see the news about that new dragon quest game that's coming out it's like a 2d style almost um an octopath traveler type style game i haven't played a dragon quest game but this is kind of interesting i kind of like the just overall presentation of this one
1: yeah no i am pretty excited yeah i've played five and six in the past i have watched someone play dragon quest three or dragon warrior three as it was called back then i'm pretty excited i'm gonna get it am um, there we go <laughs> i'm gonna get it uh, i don't know when it's gonna release but it looks very pretty and uh i i mean i do like that kind of art style with the 2.5d or 2d hd wherever you call it but yeah i mean it looks pretty good uh Sean, what do you think? Do you think this is something that you might pick up? Um,
2: I've played, so my my playing of Dragon Quest, I've only really touched 11 as in the mainline series, and then I've played on the spinoffs. I've played Dragon Quest Builders 1 and 2. It looks mm. really nice, I'm not going to lie, but it's not really my style of game. You know, going to RPGs, I've just never found myself playing Dragon Quest itself, the mainline series. I've started 11 once or twice trying to get into it and just haven't been able to. Uh if it had, if it looks good, I'll probably watch it. Maybe you know find someone streaming it. Probably be the extent of my playing of it, so to speak. But definitely, again, does look really pretty. I like that two D, two point five D, you know style that they've done. Like we said with like Octopath Travelers and whatnot. It's really a pretty style to do the games in.
0: Yeah, I think it'll definitely translate well. I mean, Dragon Quest is a super well known and well respected RPG uh, series, and to kind of give it this makeover, I think it can only be a good thing. Um, Definitely not a game for everyone, but for those that are super interested in RPGs, I think this is going to be a home run for them. So that's really cool. And, and another piece of news, we're kind of rapid firing here. Kevin, I know you're all about the esports, man. So there's some exciting mm. news from a company that hasn't really historically supported Competitive, or just you know the esports scene for their games. Mm-hmm. So I know you were super excited to hear this new story.
1: Yes, and the story is uh, this company called Play VS. Uh, they are this company that does esports and all that, and especially for uh, well, now there is news about how they are the official Scholastic partner of Nintendo with both Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and Splatoon Two games uh, joining high school leagues starting this fall season i'm reading the official play page that they showcase this and it is pretty awesome so this fall we're gonna see you know high schoolers playing in like varsity teams hopefully jv teams too just to have a nice mix and it's gonna be cool and i mean look you know we've talked about i well I mean, there are sports that we talked about before in the past, like basketball, golf, uh, baseball, ho- hockey. I mean, they all have uh, their respective high school varsity teams and JV, depending on where you are in the country. Um, I'm I'm assuming that a lot of high schools have these sports, but just having this this esports within the same realm in in high school is really cool because now these sort of games are taking more seriously and we will have more of an audience of kids who you know it's like oh this is their thing you know if if they're not just sp- if not to the traditional sports that we know they can they have like this alternate route or not really alternate but just a, a different uh way to participate in another cool high school activity and so i think this is really great and is going to be competitive uh and the fact that they're partnering with nintendo is even more amazing i mean as, Kellen, you mentioned, I mean, this is something that I did not think Nintendo would even think about promoting, but this is great.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I definitely think uh, what we see, though, is this year, with this, or this year, with the Switch, with this system is Nintendo's been really pushing the kind of educational focus with it too. You know, we had Labo, of course, which we saw Nintendo Mm -hmm. was giving Labo kits out to schools. Then we have now the Game Garage coming up, Mario Maker, you know, the successor to the original Mario Maker 2. And then with this one, you know, it looks like about 3,000-some-odd schools or qualifying schools will actually be given Nintendo Switch systems to help set this up. So it's definitely something to see, you know, what the students are going to start getting to do and the things they can do now to further their education because you're even seeing now in colleges e teams getting scholarships and everything so it's really is a great thing to see.
0: Yeah that's a really good point I think that's something great that Nintendo does that maybe the other big video game companies kind of lag behind in providing those types of resources to schools and kind of focusing on the educational side like you had mentioned so I really enjoy that the thing I don't like about the story is I don't need more competitive or better players online in Smash because <laughs> I struggle enough already like I don't need people um, learning how to beat me up in high school classes online. And yeah, it's going to be brutal. But overall, I think great story. You love to see Nintendo do things like this. And I really hope that they continue to do things like this going forward. Um, because obviously, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Splatoon 2 have been out for a while. So I'm really hoping once we get like Splatoon 3, all these other new, kind of more competitive games coming out, uh, we see the same support for them going forward. Um they always seem to lag just a little bit behind where they get these games out and then the support comes just a little bit later. Um, which is fine. I'm glad that the support's there, but I just hope it's continued for these new releases as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, looking forward to how this shakes up and uh yeah, I mean, who knows, maybe we'll see this on on the TV, you know, maybe we'll see like broadcasted you know high school teams duking out against each other college esports teams if not they're not ready if they haven't done that already uh yeah no this is awesome and looking
0: forward to it definitely so we got an exciting presentation today as well i don't know if you guys tuned into it or just kind of caught the news after the fact but it's sonic's anniversary and so sega did this video presentation where they talked a bit about new things coming out that are sonic related and a lot of the presentation kind of focused on their mobile games. I had no idea there were so many Sonic games on mobile. <laughs> um, so there's like special events and free items being given away in those games. In a lot of different Sega games, they're adding Sonic Easter eggs, minigames, skins, which is cool to see. But really, the big announcement, especially for Switch owners, was we are getting Sonic Colors Ultimate. Which is pretty cool because I've always heard pretty good things about Sonic Color. I'm not huge into Sonic games. I feel like the formula is just a little bit lost on me, but I've heard good things about this one and it's coming back in the ultimate form, which is saying a lot. I think we don't have all the details on why it's labeled ultimate, but more of that will follow as we get closer to the release, I believe September 7th. So this kind of came out of the blue. What do you guys think about uh, Sonic Colors
1: Ultimate? Is this a game you guys are interested in? Did you play the original? I did not play the original. I have heard quite a bit about it. Um, I, I mean, it's it's definitely gotten some positive reviews back then when it released on the Wii and the DS. And I'm kind of kicking myself for not playing it on either. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm i looking forward to it. I heard it set in outer space, which isn't very typical of a Sonic game because usually there is a level in, in different Sonic games that has like a space level, but you know, for this to be set in our space, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think I will most likely pre-order this. And, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I loved playing Sonic Mania when it first came out on the Switch. And, I mean, a, a 3D Sonic game. I mean, I, I remember Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 on Dreamcast. And I'm, 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 I'm yeah, most likely sold. So, count me in. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely
2: interested. I... Uh haven't played a lot of the more recent Sonic games. You know, Sonic Mania, which really is more of a throwback, though. It's kind of titled me. I wouldn't call it a modern Sonic. Probably the last, you know, 3D Sonic style was the infamous 2006 Sonic that I played on my Xbox 360. Um, oh no <laughs> i may pick this Whoa. one up, but you know in some News, i'm really more excited for the other announcements which was the uh sonic collection that they uh, sega also announced uh, or sonic origins oh, yeah. which is supposed to release next year because that's really more up my alley so it's classic sonic tiles of one through three sonic knuckles and sonic cd all coming out with a shiny polish to them you know definitely interested in checking out uh colors never played it never really saw it on the wii uh didn't really cross my radar then but it does look like a really nice looking game really pretty game and definitely want to give a 3d sonic a go again um so it's it's on the radar but i'm more excited about the old school sonic that we're gonna get back
1: yeah that's a good point and i'm glad you brought that up because i love the old Sonic games. I remember when I first got my Sega Genesis. Uh, it came with Sonic Three and Knuckles, and then I got Sonic Two, and then I rented Sonic One, and so I went backwards. But yeah, no, great memories, and I have to say there is a particular level. I won't spoil it, uh, but there's a particular level using Sonic that I just could not pass in Sonic Three, but I was able to with Knuckles, and I'm just like, oh, maybe this time I will be able to conquer that challenge finally in 2022
2: <laughs> you gotta go faster that's the only strip that's the secret gotta go faster.
1: <laughs> oh no we'll take this offline i'll, I'll talk about this with <laughs> yeah, you. anyway ken what do you think what do you think about the uh, sonic origins compilation that we were just talking about
0: um yeah so i didn't play those games initially like as they came out so i don't think the nostalgia is there for me but overall the whole presentation helped remind me just how beloved of a character Sonic is because obviously he's iconic. A lot of people recognize him. He's becoming more and more relevant as he's had a movie, getting a sequel, still new games, new support, being included in games like Smash and Mario and Sonic go to the Olympics. So I know he's still like relevant, but I kind of forgot just how big of a deal he was. And so to see this big of a celebration almost made me blush because, you know, Nintendo obviously did some for Mario, but... I feel like they really celebrated Sonic here. And I was a little bit envious of that. Um, as far as Sonic games on the switch, I haven't played mania. I picked up one of the older ones. I think the original Sonic, um, mm. through the Sega ages. And like, that's a good time. I, ha- I have to spend more time with it. And then as far as 3d goes, um, I played a little bit of, I believe it's Sonic forces. And then that when you get a designer on Sonic and mine ended up looking kind of terrifying. So it kind of like pushed me away from the game a little bit. Um, <laughs> But it's definitely... I want to check out the collection for sure. As far as color goes, I don't think I'll be there day one. Sega games go on sale quite a bit, so I think I'll hold off for that. But there is a pre-order bonus of a baby Sonic keychain, and I don't know. It's kind of learned me, and it's pretty cute.
1: I guess that's how they get you, right? Oh my goodness. That might just do me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. I might have to get it now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so that's... uh, Pretty exciting to see that some of these older games are coming back. I mean, we're getting Skyward Sword, we're getting Sonic Colors. So it's cool getting mm-hmm. these games back and remastered and on a newer console. But uh, speaking of new consoles, kind of as the um, random weird story this week, news is kind of broke that Valve is working on a Switch-like portable gaming PC. Um, we don't know very much about it right now other than that it's codenamed Steam Pal kind of interesting. Um, It really highlights, I think, the importance that the Switch has on the current gaming landscape because a lot of other companies, I mean, Sony has the PSP, the PS Vita, they've kind of moved away from handheld. Microsoft has never really dove in. And Nintendo has always really held to that part of the market, which I've always appreciated because I love handheld gaming. So it's kind of interesting now that Valve's trying to get some of that market share. From what you guys have read of the story, what do you guys think? Could this be like a true competitor to the Switch? Is this going to kind of be timed poorly if Nintendo announces a Switch Pro and that kind of leaves this new system in the dust? What do you guys think?
2: Um, you know, we see these these handheld. You know, hey, this can play all your computer games, your Steam games, stuff like that. Uh, cause I think Alienware, I think it was at one point, was trying to make one as well. It's two different types of people playing these because, of course, your games that you're playing on your computer. I don't see them tra- all of them translating so great to a, you know, controller uh, style play. For example, like I've been playing a lot of my Age of Empires recently. I got back into playing that. I could see it translating to a, a controller, but really, mouse and keyboard is a way to play a lot of those games. Don't have a whole lot of concern about it. And plus, two again, it's just it's another market altogether who would be interested in that, unless the price point can really be brought down. I think Switch is going to be perfectly fine, and you know they're not going to necessarily eat each other in the, uh, you know, in the market.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. It, they definitely have the prices a bit lower. I, I'm thinking like under two hundred. And the thing about Steam that I really enjoyed, especially prior to me getting the Switch, and prior to that the 3DS, which was, or excuse me, the 2DS, which was short lived for me because two months later, after I got 2DS, they announced the Switch. Anyway, um, I think that. Because a lot of games on Steam are usually uh, on sale; they're a lot cheaper, um, and there's a there's a slight there's an easier barrier of entry, or excuse me, there's a lower barrier of entry when it comes to releasing games on Steam, as I have have seen, like from the outside looking in, like uh, you know we've had interviews with like different developers in the past about you know how the eShop is, but in terms of how Steam is, it it seems to me like. Um, you know, there's there's a plethora of games out there, and uh, I think as a consumer, it's nice to be able to you know buy games uh, that are way way cheaper than I think they should be. So as a consumer, it's great. Uh, but in terms of the developer, I I'm, I'm curious to see how they would react to this because uh, you know it, it's a it's an interesting proposition to to have a Steam like Switch thing, and um, and for it to be released. That, uh, I, Yeah, they definitely have to time it so that they don't release on the same day as the Switch Pro because, I mean, I don't know, that's going to be causing a lot of conflict, so...
0: Yeah, yeah I think it, you guys have brought up some interesting points. I think there's a lot of nuances, and obviously we don't know a ton of details about the system yet, so it's hard to really dive into, but you wonder, are there going to be cartridges in this? Do you have to stream at that point? Do you always have to be connected to the internet? How strong does your connection have to be? There's just a lot of real nuances. And whenever I play a game on PC, Sean, like you said, it's just because it works well with mouse and keyboard. If I'm gonna play Starcraft or Age of Empires, like you had mentioned, it it just helps to have those shortcuts on your keyboard because you know what button to press to build a house or to create a villager or to assign, you know, a point for your units to spawn at. And so, I personally don't think I would ever pick this type of system up. Part of that's maybe just because I'm such a Switch fanboy. But I think, yeah, you bring up a great point where they're almost two separate parts of the market. And I think people that don't own a Switch may be more inclined to pick this type of game up because they probably prefer more of the PC type games to the games that are available on Switch. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think there's definitely room for both of them in the market. I'm curious what it'll be priced at when it comes out, but then again, we only know so little about it that we just briefly wanted to mention it.
1: Yeah, and I actually wanted to do well because then there'll be some competition in the handheld space, uh, and it might force Nintendo to step up more uh, to to give us a much better handheld than before. So I am root- I surprisingly am rooting for this to be successful because. Uh, I mean, look, Nintendo Switch is like dominating, right? I mean, like, especially as a handheld, it's amazing. And so uh, I I do want to see us do well. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I'm crossing my fingers for this. So,
0: Yeah. It's always great to see innovation in the industry. And I feel like a lot of people have still tried. I mean, we've seen projects like Stadia. I think Amazon's been trying a similar service and they haven't really taken off as much as those companies probably want them to. So I'm definitely down for any type of innovation that really sticks with the industry. Obviously with innovation, there's gotta be some sort of failure that you learn from or just attempt to try something new that maybe doesn't stick. But I think we're gonna get to a point where we could see a bit of a revolution in the way that we game. And I think the Switch really did a lot of the legwork in getting us to where we can springboard into totally reimagining the way that we can game. So it's really exciting to see.
2: Well, if I can actually, Cal, if I can step in, I have one more piece of news I think we're missing, the most important news that's come out. You know, in recent weeks, we've talked about um, Calculator App and then most recently Xylophone, as you all recall, I'm sure, right? Mm. Well, yeah, the goodness. hardest working publisher, Savek, who made those wonderful apps, is coming out with another one that I think is going to revolutionize. as so you're talking about innovation for all of gaming. It's called Spy Alarm. Have you all seen this? Mm
1: oh yeah that was so crazy when i saw that i mean oh my gosh um we need to buy more joy cons for this
2: (laughs) that's that's the one thing i can think of you know get rid of your ring doorbells get rid of all your safety equipment you know for whoever you're using uh simply safe you know not a sponsor here uh but all you need is this just set your joy cons everywhere with the infrared you know he's using the same thing that one two switch used. that amazing game and You know, you're set. You'll sound the alarm on your switch. Just have to keep it nearby, I'm sure. But if they trip that infrared laser, you know someone walked through that area and touched your sandwich or you know, kombucha or whatever may be laying around. (laughs)
0: Yes, that's breaking news to me. I had no clue that they went that far to design (sighs) something that we've all been asking for for so long.
2: I don't know (laughs) why Nintendo just hasn't bought them and made them a first party developer yet. Really, I mean, Microsoft, I'm sure, is already eyeballing them to scoop them up as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to like watch your kid anymore. You could just set up those joy cons and you would know like if they leave the vicinity or if anyone is like around. I mean, it's just perfect for anyone for really anything. Um, I like the idea of guarding the sandwich. I think I'm definitely going to utilize that as soon as I download it.
1: I will uh, use this if if I were to get this, I would use this for my kombucha because um, I don't like people who steal my kombucha. It is not a good thing to do.
2: I, I figured, in, in, in good news for both of you, it is available today. Just like calculator app, it is ten dollars. <gasps> oh,
0: So that's it's a steal, cool. really. I
2: mean, what kind of? What, tell me an alarm system you can get for ten dollars.
1: I don't know. It's a good point. And, and you know what? It only uses the right Joy-Con, so because the Joy-Con drift is usually on the left Joy-Con. You don't have to worry about Joy-Con drifts. You just hit the right (laughs) Joy-Con, and you're good to go. Uh, Although, that means I have to get a bunch of right Joy-Cons, which would be kind of weird. Well, I guess not that weird, but (laughs) we'll see. Well,
2: in your case, you just need to pair them all to your mini Switch lights that you have in your set. You don't even have to worry about your main Switch. You can still play games on that, and all your (laughs) Switch lights are just laying everywhere with the right Joy-Con paired.
1: Oh, man, we need to, you know, hush-hush on the 5,000 Switch lights I have uh you know i have a boatload of them and i prefer to keep them but you know what yeah like i as a switch like collector not really <laughs> i will i will consider this greatly
0: <laughs> man yeah that's really exciting news i'm gonna start leaving my joy con in the window so if people ever case my house they know like i'm armed and i'm protected <laughs> and ready with the this top-notch security system so man that's really exciting um I can't wait to see what they do next week. It seems like every time we record, there's just something new.
1: Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Um, I mean, any predictions on what would the next thing be?
2: (laughs) I'm just going to say that you're going to figure out a way to just make it, you know, the Switch is going to become your actual account. It's going to become a CPA now. They already got the calculator out. So that's just the natural (laughs)
1: step. It's a CPA now. Just a
0: camera attachment to scan in your WTs.
1: Oh, that would be a game changer.
0: Oh man. Well, it's pretty hard to follow up talking about that and then hopping into new Pokemon Snap because there's no real comparison between the two. But I mean, we've already dedicated this episode to talking about it and the whole month of playing it. So let's talk about some new Pokemon Snap. Um, It was voted as our game of the month by our community. We've been playing it together all month and we recently sent out a survey to our community to fill out just to kind of get some of their general thoughts on the game. So that's going to be the main structure for our um discussion on it but real quick before we dive into the responses i just wanted to go around the room and talk about general impressions with this game uh sean did you play the original on the 64 and if so how does this kind of compare to what you're expecting
2: so yeah i did play the original i would probably say there's two games that i played a lot that most played on my 64 were well besides golden eye 007 which that's always gonna have a special place in my heart but two most played games i should have been playing more of um, as a young impressionable child, was new or was original Pokemon Snap, uh, and then Hey You Pikachu, probably my two also just in general favorite Pokemon games, even above mainline series. But um, I definitely think that uh, Bandai Namco, you know, the original game was made by Hal Laboratory, but Bandai Namco definitely did a great job uh, on this one. Um, they captured the essence of the original game, I'd say and then built upon the foundation of that set. Um, A lot of reviewers, and I had the same opinion, was it's Pokemon Snap Plus. You know, it it just adds in everything that made the first Pokemon Snap special, but then did its own thing. Um, You know, some, I kind of was reading on is some of the info that Bandai had, they couldn't use old tropes from the old game. You know, original game, you load in first level, you have Pikachu, there's a surfboard, you know what you're gonna do with Pikachu and the surfboard, but they, and that's an iconic moment of that game can't do that here but they made their own moments by making everything you know incorporate and uh feel alive in this so i definitely think they did a great job with it
0: yeah
1: kevin what do you think did you play the original uh no i have not i you know i've i wish i played the original but i mean my general impressions of new pokemon snap i i really liked it you know it it gave a very relaxing atmosphere for me in terms of just like taking pictures of pokemon as a pokemon photographer and uh I, I don't know it. I mean, there are some things that I wish I could have done better, but I I feel like overall it's it was just very, uh, very soothing. Uh, I did not feel any pressure to well, maybe a little bit trying to get the best like four star photo or whatever. Like I just I just you know went in and with no expectations and had a great time, and um, it, it was just really nice to see different Pokemon in you know different habitats and uh, different areas, and yeah, I just it just felt like I was on a very relaxing adventure, uh, and. Um, it just feels like all the Pokemon are my friends, and uh, without you know having to catch them all. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it was it was it was pretty fun, and I had a great time with it uh, throughout the month. Yeah, that's awesome to hear.
0: Um, honestly, this was a game I wasn't super excited about when it was announced. I did not play mm-hmm. the original, and I probably wouldn't have picked this game up if it wasn't Game of the Month and if I didn't have to do a show on it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm I really am glad that <laughs> I picked it up because. Yeah, peer pressure, right? Um, I really did enjoy this game. It surprised me. Um, The whole concept of having a game where you're going around taking pictures was a little off putting to me because that always kind of felt like an additional feature that developers added into games, where, like in Mario 3D World, you got to take a picture and then add stickers to it and save it or post it online or whatever. And so to have a whole game kind of designed around that mechanic, I was really skeptical on. But I think it was delivered really well, and I could definitely see uh, how this type of game really has a place in gaming as a whole. And I think Pokemon is really the perfect franchise to pull off this idea. So overall, I was really impressed by the game. Um, I just wanted to go ahead and dive into our survey responses a bit, and I'm gonna skip down just a little bit to start out on what do you guys think this game did well? So I'll go ahead and get your guys' thoughts, and then we can read out some of our listeners' responses.
2: Um, Yeah, so really what I think, again, I said what they did well is it bringing the Pokemon to life. Um, You know, everyone always talks about, oh, you know, I'd love to have this open world Pokemon game, which, you know, hey, maybe we're actually getting come early next year. But Pokemon Snap, the the original kind of, you know, going back to it, it was the first time you ever see that uh, with an extent of also, again, I said, hey, you Pikachu. And then they brought that back in here. And I think they did it so much better because the original Snap, I'm going to kind of compare a lot to that. Um, every level you knew where everything was going to be every time. It was the same thing every time. It was just more getting your timing down. But here, by having the different, I guess, levels, you know, you have that level one, level two, level three of each trail and then day and night cycles, um, it really made the world feel alive. It gave... You know, it helped Pokemon shine. And they also used, I thought it was great that Bandai Namco did this, you know, using Pokemon that you wouldn't think about. You know, there's, I don't even know the name of some. you know, but like Love Disc. I wouldn't think if I was making a Pokemon game, hey, let me throw Love Disc in here. you know, It's just (laughs) not the one that stands out. And I think, you know, Nintendo did a great job choosing Bandai Namco. Of course, we know they can build in a beautiful world, especially in Pokemon, because you look at Pokemon Tournament the background in that is just that's what I kind of I think it is like hey you know that all that work you did on Pokémon, take all what you did in the background just make that into a game because that's what it looks like because even the background Pokémon tournament it's alive you see Pokemon moving around you see them interacting with the environment and that's what they did with Pokemon Snap here
1: yeah and just to piggyback a little bit on what Sean said I mean it it really felt like just the Pokemon were alive. And one good example that I really like was um, in the forest where you can see different seasons and you saw uh, deerling and saw's buck, saw's buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're season Pokemon. And the fact that you'll see them in different forms, depending on which season it is, I think it really accentuated very well in, uh, New Pokemon Snap. Whereas if you were to play like the mainline games, where you would see this Pokemon, you wouldn't really focus much on the environment because all your tr- are you're, you're you're more focused on just battling and trying to be the the greatest it ever was. And but the focus here is more on the aesthetics. It's the the art, the the how lively the Pokemon are, and you really get to see them in in different ways that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. And I just felt like that really created a very relaxing experience of being a Pokemon photographer. And uh, yeah, like what uh, Sean mentioned, you know, you're able to unlock you know different areas, different levels, and it just keeps things fresh. And I just thought it was a very good progression of of just the way they did things it was really well. And so um, I, I it never got stale for me, and I I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, a lot of the areas that they've they've shown. Uh, even though I don't have a comp- I don't have a game like the original Pokemon Snap to compare to. I, I felt like every time I opened up a game, it was just like, okay, I'm on a new adventure to take different pictures of Pokemon and see how, how they do and how they interact with like different things I do, like you know, having them eat the fruit or you know throwing the orb or you know just doing a bunch of stuff that you know really can give off different behaviors and different interactions with Pokemon. I think this is great. So
0: yeah I definitely agree with all those points. Um, I think in just having a Pokemon game with a totally different formula, It really allowed us to view pokemon in a completely different way because to me they've always just kind of been static in front of you as you've been battling or static facing you as you're fighting against them and so to see them kind of like in their natural habitat the way they interact with each other i got to understand more of the personality behind all the pokemon which was cool because i think if you don't necessarily watch the shows or if you're a big fan of the series you kind of miss out on what each Pokemon is kind of like just by nature. And so I think this game did a really good job of highlighting that. It was always fun to go around on a trail and see, you know, Grookey and Scorbunny and like Pichu together, having fun together. And while they are kind of across different generations, it was really neat because it made sense when I saw it like, yeah, those Pokemon would definitely hang out together. And in the world of Pokemon, I'm sure Magikarps, they do get swooped up by, you know, flying Pokemon and taken away. And it's just really cool to see those different interactions kind of get a different view into the world of Pokemon, which is really neat. I also really liked that it's a grand game, but also a bit of a bite-sized one where I don't think I ever really played for more than, you know, like an hour and a half at a time. Um, I enjoyed playing this game more in short bursts rather than longer sessions, and it definitely filled in that time well. I felt like it was always well spent, it was relaxing, it was fun, Um, but I also felt like I was really building something each time that I hopped in and went through a couple um, different routes and taking pictures because not only are you progressing the levels like we had mentioned, and that's exciting when you get a new level and you're going through and it's kind of the same trail with a little bit of variation but all of a sudden there are new Pokemon and there are new interactions and things to see and it's cool because you've already been through the first level you know a couple times at least to have gotten to level two so you're familiar with it you notice different interactions you want to watch for the next time you go through but once you reach that new level it really opens up and that's really cool but then you're also building out your um photo album as you go along which is really cool and I'm not one to like super care for pictures that I take in game, but I was pretty protective of which picture I decided to add into my photo album for each Pokemon. And I'm pretty proud of some of the pages in there because they just look really cool and they kind of capture different aspects of the Pokemon, which was neat. So you get to, um, your photos are graded by stars and then also by colors of the stars for rarity. And there's one through four stars. You get to save one picture for each Pokemon for each star so each Pokemon's page is going to have four photos and I really liked being able to fill that out, um, trying to discover what exactly I'm missing that provides the next star for the Pokemon. So I really like that. I feel like they did a really good job of taking a short experience, but building it into something big as well. Do you guys have any other thoughts on what went well?
2: You know, really again, and not a lot to kind of play on or go off of, you know, definitely hit all the great points on this game. It... it Other, you know, is is just seeing, I'm sure y'all mentioned too, you know, I think someone mentioned or maybe mentioned, you know, interactions or Kevin mentioned it, you know, interactions with other Pokemon. That was also really great to see, you know, um, like trying to get the Pikachu to go over to the Sandcastle, you think, and you think it's going to be a gas or something under there um, and going over and get them to play with that or um, getting just the different little secret interactions, as you were saying with the stars, um, trying to figure out how to get that shot, how to get the crystal stars and figure out how to each, you know, each level of that, which I thought was also really nice. Cause you know, in the original, you got one photo of each Pokemon into your deck. So there's only about 63 Pokemon in that game. So that was also really nice. Mm-hmm. Cause I think we have a little over 200, I think it was give or take, I could be way off on that. I definitely haven't found them mm-hmm. all yet, but, um, That was really nice, too, is just that we got not just you could because sometimes you take a photo of, you know, we'll go back to Pikachu in the original game. He's in of the like eight levels that are in that game. He's in like seven of them or six of them. But you only get one photo to take of him. And of course, the best photo everyone knows there's a photo. It's a a special photo is getting two Pikachus on these logs and having them both using some their shock over and over again. And it's a late game photo in that um but here you know of course i could have pikachu being hit by my apple pikachu you know <laughs> doing Thunder Shock, and do it and so i get to have all these nice special photos and i can have them in different areas too not just all from one place being that one photo to represent my pikachu photo
1: yeah and that's a good point and i i, I just love just the variety of ways you can uh take pictures of pokemon and um yeah no i i definitely echo the same sentiments with you guys and uh i I don't know if this is mentioned yet but like you know for getting those four star photos you know there's always these requests that can give you hints on how to get those four star photos and so i think that's great because then you realize oh okay well there's a type of behavior that the pokemon can exhibit um if you're able to you know just spend a bit more time and try to uh get them to do that and so um the requests do help you know just seeing it uh and, and trying to see like oh what does this person want just want me to take a picture of and um i do find that some of those requests are a bit tough and you have to like really dig in and trying to do is a lot there is a bunch of trial and error but um i don't find it annoying at all like it's it's nice to just to you know give it another try and in the end you're always going to collect points to add to your score and you know who knows like you'll maybe you'll find maybe while you're doing those requests one of those requests you'll find a pokemon along the way that you may not have realized had you not taken on the request so uh, I think the pacing of this game is, is done pretty well for the most part. So
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the whole quest thing is something I kind of ignored to start just because I thought they were like random side quests kind of added in to lengthen it out. But then when I realized that they're there almost as guides to help you understand how to get those higher level pictures, it definitely opened up for me. And once you get to the higher levels of each area, it takes a while to get enough of a score to advance to the next level. And so I think taking on a quest as you go into a route really helps because they can be a little bit repetitive and you kind of know what to expect. When you go in with that objective, I think it made it a lot easier. And they aren't like necessarily holding your hand and giving you the quest because they may point you in the right direction. Like, hey, get that badoof to go over to the dam on the river or whatever. But you have to understand how to get them there. Like, do I throw fruit at them? Do I throw an orb at them? Do I play music? Like, what do I do to get them over there? So there's still kind of the puzzle aspect, which I really liked. Um, Kind of looking at some listeners' responses to this question, Dragon said that he really liked keeping intact the arcade photo-shooting nature of the original. Lots of hidden interactions and secrets. Steady unlocks that affect the environment as well, as adding the four-star category system, which was previously mentioned. I didn't know that that was just a... One picture type thing per Pokemon in the original that really opens it up in this one, so that's really cool to see. Uh, Clave mentions Pokemon interactions being done well in this game, and I think we've hit pretty heavily on that point. And then Shy Guy TJ mentioned it's a fun, relaxing, wholesome, simple game, and it's novel, which I think is a great point. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, this type of game, it's not super saturated. You aren't going to find very many picture taking games or you're writing on a rail so
2: but i mean is it really novel though because you really think about it it's not just a picture thing. it's really your first person shooter you could call it. i mean every game takes after this pokemon snap anything after the N64. It. it's a per it's a first person shooter on rails if you really want to get down to it
0: you're blowing my mind right <laughs> now i had <laughs> i hadn't thought of that I feel a little bit guilty going around shooting Pokemon now. It's not a shooting gallery, all right?
2: I mean, got them then every game also the clone of Pokemon snap if they add a photo mode in my per- humble opinion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, we definitely have the right guess this week. You are an enthusiast, that's for sure. So obviously this game has inspired so much because really, it's where the first person genre really took off. Um, it's kind of hard to criticize, but what could this game have done better? Obviously, it's held to a pretty high expectation. (laughs) Pokemon has, like, a huge fan base, um, and this was a pretty anticipated release for a lot of people, so I'm kind of wondering, what do you guys think? What could it have done better, and where did it fall kind of flat? Oh,
1: the music. The music did not... Uh, I don't know, I just... I didn't really find it that memorable, and there was one thing I had a gripe on. Um, I don't know how it is in the original, Sean, but uh, there's only one piece of music for the melody player. Like, that just bothers me, because I think they could have done so much more with the melody player instead of just that one tune that you can play mm-hmm. all the time when you use it. So, I don't know, yeah. you mind on that?
2: <laughs> no, I, and the original had three songs, and it was great, because... so. Again, it was a late game item that you got. My favorite thing was going to the. There was two levels I loved playing on, which was the beach level in the original game because there's a Snorlax sleeping, and just like you know the OG Red and Blue, uh, you got to play your poke flute to get Snorlax to move. And in the original game, they had three songs that played, and they actually programmed three different dances for Snorlax to pl- to dance to. And, um, the other, of course, is always the thing, you know, the, I'm sure y'all seen getting all the Charmanders to stand in a little army and, uh, all of them start going off together. Um, but no, I definitely agree with the music. It was definitely not, uh, anything I thought about. I actually ended up playing podcasts half the time or listening to, you know, an audio book or something while
1: I was playing the game. <laughs> oh you me both (laughs) (laughs) couldn't couldn't help it man Uh.
0: that's a good point i might have to do that going forward kind of knock out my reading goal as i play um i never really paid attention to the music and i don't know if i'm just being weird here but at times i was like almost talking to the pokemon like hey look at me or like eat the fruit and just like trying to get a good picture (laughs) trying to get their attention like obviously i wasn't playing hey pikachu so they couldn't hear me but yeah the music that's that's an interesting point what else do you guys think could have been a little bit better?
2: Um, for me, it was definitely a lot of the, uh, with the photos themselves, the tracking. I, I posted some photos in our Discord as well, um, which of course I'm sure everyone would love to go to, link in the show description, I'm sure, but um, <laughs> it was the tracking. I have photos like one one of the little picky pecs on a tree, clear center of the photo, but then when I got to the grading, is like, this is an Arbok, and I'm like where? And the same thing happened, I have a photo of <laughs> Magikarp jumping and then there's it's with a bunch of trees around it and so says the Metapod and I'm sitting there going, where is this? And so that was one <laughs> of my big gripes and then the other of course being like, and I've seen uh, the photo grading itself you know, we talked about the star system which I love, but figuring out what stars meant what I couldn't tell you. I, you know I know, really I got down, it came down kind of in this, well the gripe I had was I know if I hit something with one of the fluff fruits, which Professor Mears said, oh, they're soft. No, they're not. Clearly, they're not soft. (laughs) But I know if I hit someone with it and I get the photo of the reaction, that's a two-star photo. And I couldn't tell, you know, I take a photo of something and it's just like sitting there. And then it'll be like, oh, this is a three-star photo. I go, how? And so those (laughs) those were really my two biggest gripes was just like the photo tracking and then kind of figuring out what poses actually meant what in this game.
0: Yeah, you get me. Those were my big points, too. Um, mm. Honestly, the biggest photo bomber in this game, I think, is Magikarp. So many perfect pictures of other Pokemon, and there's a little Magikarp in the corner, and it gets graded as a Magikarp photo. And I don't know if like a workaround could have been if there are multiple Pokemon in a picture, you get to choose um, what Pokemon it would be graded as. I understand that would kind of lengthen out the process and add some complication, but it was kind of frustrating feeling like I got a really good shot of a Pokemon, but it... Decided to take the Pokemon in the background. Mm-hmm. And I get there's like the little aiming reticle you can move around with the left stick and you're supposed to focus on the Pokemon it counts for. But I almost felt like I had to turn up the sensitivity quite a bit because this is one of the slowest moving cameras in first person shooter I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. Usually it's pretty snappy, but um, the default control is like really slow, which can be good at times. But I felt like I was missing shots, so I had to really turn it up. And I think that led to a lot of misfires where it was harder to, um, have the Pokemon I wanted to have be the subject, be the subject. So that was definitely a miss for me. Um, as far as the grading system goes, I am sure this was like quite an undertaking for the programmers in understanding how to even come out to like a numerical score for any number of pictures that could be taken in the game. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it could have been sharpened up a little bit, um, My wife's not a big gamer, but she'll watch me play a handful of games. And this quickly became one where as soon as I put it in, she was like glued to it and would get upset if I played without her watching or get a new area without her uh, being around to check it out with me. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times we got really nice pictures together And it would be like a one star or two star, and she would almost get upset, like, How's that a one star? And like, that's a five star. Like, that's just that Pokemon's foot, and it's a five star, and like, this is a perfect picture of him, and it's a one. And I get it all goes down to like the behaviors, but it almost feels mislabeled in having the different stars because some of my one star pictures are way better than my five, and I get like it captures a different behavior, but I don't know. I feel like they could have. Had some sort of uh, some sort of system that worked other than stars because we're so programmed in an age of like instant online reviews to think about four stars being like the best and one star being the worst. So I think that could have been reworked a little bit. Um, I did appreciate the different metal system that they had where you could have like a bronze one star or silver or a gold or a diamond. That kind of helped soften it a little bit, but it was really confusing to get a hold of at first.
1: Yeah, and I'm with you guys on the the grain system. I I am curious to see how they determine that. And I mean, look, numbers don't lie, and we're programmed, like you mentioned, Kalen, to just see like the higher the number, the better. And so maybe instead of the four star rating, they could maybe they could have done like you know different colored stars. Like you get a green star for taking picture the taking a picture of a Pokemon doing this or another kind of color star that uh, shows them you know like like in like just like a nice selfie or something i don't know just just different ways to rate and um it, it definitely didn't it did not make sense to me like uh how they you know rated them i mean yeah like I, like you guys i i've have some one two-star photos that i'm really proud of and i really like to i just like to admire them and stuff so i don't know i i think i am curious to see how they they had their thought process you know throughout with, with how they did the rating system. I mean, hopefully they can re- release a behind-the-scenes sort of thing, but we'll see. Yeah, I definitely agree with all those points, and
0: our listeners actually agreed with it quite a bit too. Um, Shy Guy had mentioned, there are some pacing problems early on. The critiques of your photos are very generic. The story and side characters feel okay. I wish it didn't insist Pokemon be dead center to receive a good score. So definitely some points that we've already talked about, but... Also, the story and characters, um, I never really look at the story of a Pokemon game to entice me to play it, and with it being more of just kind of like a go down a route, take a picture of Pokemon, I wasn't expecting like a crazy story, so I don't want to knock it for that necessarily, but I definitely get where he's coming from, where it's kind of forgettable. I probably can't name very many of the characters off my head right now, I just know That guy's the professor. That guy's my rival. This is the guy that introduces like new mechanics to the game. Um, But what do you guys think? Do you wish there was more of a story or character type thing here? Or do you think it's passable for what it is?
2: Uh, Definitely think it's passable for what it is. I mean, you know, again, being as I guess I the experience from the first game, first game was Professor Oak says, hey, I came to this island and studying Pokemon on it. Go take photos. And so you, as Todd Snap, um, go and take photos and then, you know, you find out, oh, hey, this is a special island and find out Muse on it. Spoiler, I'm sorry. It's a game from the 90s. I'm sorry if I spoiled (laughs) that for you. Um, But, you know, it was definitely kind of it was kind of cool. Oh, hey, this story about, you know, this explorer who came here 100 years ago and the study of this phenomenon of, you know, these uh, glowing, you know, the glowing Pokemon and whatnot. It was kind of cool to it was kind of cool to play it out and you know you go through the ruins and everything, um, but outside I mean really I'm playing this I want to sit down get into my little car my Jurassic Park car and drive through a safari and take photos of Pokemon I'm not really playing it for a story so for what they put in there it's perfectly passable.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. I didn't really care much about the story. I just wanted to take pictures of Pokemon and be able to get a pretty <laughs> good score and try to you know. Have a nice display of photos that I can show off online and uh, see what other people did and maybe take some inspiration from what they did and, you know, try to, to, you know, put a little spin on mine. So, um, I mean, I think the photo taking was definitely the key. I I could care less about the story.
2: I guess my other graph just remembered is, so again, the original Snap, you could take 64 photos, you ran out. Well, when the original Snap came out, of course, we all remember those, you know, the uh, Kodak cameras, take the photo, got to rewind it take the photo and you ran out of film. It made sense then for you to run out of film. But in the at this day and age where you're literally on a digital camera, it's literally <laughs> a digital camera, why am I being yeah. limited to 64 photos? I couldn't figure that one out. And that was actually a gripe. I was like, there's so many more photos I want to take. Because I just kind of want to also, like when they introduce at the end of the game, the burst mode, I'm like, oh, cool, burst shots. But then you run out of those photos like halfway through the level. It's like, well, what's the point of the burst shots? And I don't want to use this anymore because I'm not going to play through the whole level.
1: No, no, no. Actually, that's a good point, because I think what they could have done, what they should have done is, uh, maybe you can, you can in-game, you can get, like, SD cards, and so, like, (laughs) they could be in different, like, you know, different sizes of memory, like, maybe 64 gigs, 128, 256, and then depending on, um, you know the the type of photo you take and you know the clarity and like you know how much the how much the pokemon you're taking yeah you know, that will re- you know that will deduct from the amount of memory that you will have left uh that might be too technical and i think that might no, overcomplicate. I don't think things. we're taking it far <laughs> enough
2: we gotta get you know are you getting an ultra sd is it one of the super are you going with just the basic <laughs> sd we gotta talk about writing speeds now i, I think we need right. to take this deeper
1: we do i mean like this is a this is a this is a pokemon game we need to make it more complex we you don't know, want evs to be a ivs
2: thing. now we're talking about sd cards <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man then it just becomes oh gosh it's just gonna be oh it's gonna be a toy from ball game <laughs> but, uh, oh boy i don't even know how to continue but uh but yeah no i mean just a suggestion <laughs>
0: You know, most first-person shooter games have some sort of, like, ammo limit anyway, so I think just in following the spirit of the genre, maybe <laughs> they put that in. Um, I really like that point, though, because there were times where I just, like, flew through my pictures. I think it was good that there was a limit. I don't know that I'd want it to be unlimited one because you only get to decide on one picture po- per Pokemon to have graded, and if I could take unlimited pictures, I would just snap way too many, and it would take forever to choose which one I wanted to have reviewed. Um, But I feel like Mm. the amount that they gave you was too low. I would have liked to have seen it closer to 100, if not a little bit more. There was a little bit of, like, excitement or rolling the dice of, man, I've only got five pictures left, and there's still a decent amount of my route left. I need to take my time. I have to, like, really be sure of my shot before I take it. And that kind of added a different aspect to the game. But at the same time, um, it does feel kind of dated to be so limited. So... Yeah, I think they could have expanded it a bit. I'm glad that they kept a limit still because it does add some depth and strategy to the game, I guess you could say, where you really have to have it lined up. But it almost kept me from exploring with interactions of, man, what if I bonk this Pikachu with an apple right now? Like, what would it do? Or if I played music, what would it do? Because sometimes the interactions are really quick. Like you play the music and you've got a second or two to line up the picture and take it before the interaction's gone. So yeah, I think that's a really good point and something that could have been improved a bit. Um, what do you guys think of the online aspect of this game? Because that was kind of cool, being able to post pictures that you enjoyed to your online album for people to look at and vote on. And it only happened to me, I think, two or three times. So maybe I'm not a good photographer. But every now and then, the professor like recommends a picture be posted online. And I think it's just posted like right away. Um, I thought it was kind of a cool feature. I didn't spend a ton of time in it, but it was kind of cool seeing community members' pictures come up online and seeing kind of the praise that they get through uh, those online votes.
2: I think it definitely was the natural progression uh, for this game. You know, again, step back to the original. Let's take a real big step back in time, get our time machines here. In the original game, you took your game card to Blockbuster. You paid I think it was $3 Mm. for a sheet of nine and you could print out your photos from your, uh, photo decks. Um, you know, I think it was just in the natural progression of course now can't go to a blockbuster. Um, but we can post online everyone, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you post it online. so I think that was the right progression. Um, plus also, I mean, if you really did want that old school feel, you could have bought the, the weird tie in that Nintendo did with uh, Fujimax Film to get that printer and print Polaroids. But the online aspect, I think it was really cool. I think it was the right way to go. Hey, thumbs up on this. I like this. Here's your medal. Um, I think it was definitely a really cool feature to throw in.
0: Yeah, it feels very modern because obviously social media is like such a big part of people's days nowadays. When you have five minutes, you open Instagram or Facebook and you scroll through pictures and you drop that like on something that you see. So. I think, like you said, just a great natural progression. It almost feels super modern that way where uh, we post pictures all the time online and people give their approval through some sort of like or heart. So to have that in the game, I think it's a, a great implementation.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I, although I do have one gripe about the online thing was that uh, the way they do the leaderboards, basically the more the more you play, the higher your score. I think they could have done something different about that uh because basically it turns into like oh like if i play more i'll be in the top 100 or top 50 i would think they could have done something where you take the photos you put on your profile and then the two that the professor took right you take the scores of all of them and that's your, your that's your leaderboard score it shouldn't be where like oh like well i just you know keep going through you know uh Round after round of taking photos and collecting all these points, and then you know it just becomes like a oh whoever can play the most is like the top hundred or top one in the world. Um, I think they could have done that a little better, uh, uh, yeah, a little better, a little better. Um, <laughs> Here's a little bitter, but
0: about it. <laughs> I yeah, am a little. He's upset he's it. not number one. That's what's wrong with the leaderboard. <laughs>
1: oh man. Okay. Well, i I mean, not the very. I don't best. really care about <laughs> that Frodian slip right there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Uh-oh. But anyway, uh, I do have – there was something interesting about, like, how the professor uh, chooses the photos because, you know, like, in your online profile, the professor chooses, like, two photos that you that he he will uh, just, you know, show, like, oh, okay, this is my favorite. And then there was, like, one picture of a miracle that I didn't really care much about, and that, that became, like, a, a, a professor's favorite. I'm like, oh, okay, great. But um, I wish I had more control over that. I don't know. I was just kind of like, yeah, but yeah, overall, I mean, I think the way, like, like you guys mentioned, like the way it did was pretty fantastic and it was pretty simple. Had that social media flair. I mean, yeah, it was a good way to go. So,
0: it was pretty neat. I think the built-in photo editor was pretty nice too. Some people went pretty crazy with it. I'm not one to spend a ton of time with it, but it was a nice touch for being able to, you know, post your pictures online and really create some sort of like a story with the pictures. Um, there are some really cool things that people did. So I think that
1: was a cool addition as well. Yeah, I definitely do enjoy people who use the the filters, the stickers, and the different things you could put on the photos. So that's really neat, and just adds it just accentuates uh, the acts of the Pokemon and just what they're trying to do.
0: And yeah, this is really nice. So definitely. Well, getting back to the survey, I'm gonna rapid fire a couple ones where we have, we're all kind of in an agreement. So we asked, did you play this game in longer sessions or in short bursts? Everyone said short bursts, and I think that's just what this game was built for. Um, like I said, I don't think I really spent anything over an hour and a half at a time playing <laughs> the game, but I think it's, it excels in kind of those short half-hour, hour bursts of, I'm just going to go down this route two or three times, try to progress it a bit, get a new picture. So that was cool to see from the community. Um, we also asked, do you intend to continue playing New Pokemon Snap after this month? Everyone said yes. So I guess it's a good game. Um, I feel like there's definitely more to see and explore. There's so many Pokemon and getting all the rarities, trying to get all those diamonds. There's a lot of content here, way more than I would have thought. So I'm definitely going to keep playing as well. Uh, We also asked favorite area to take photographs in. So I'm going to take a bit of a pause here. There's quite a variety in terrain that really feeds into the type of Pokemon you're going to see. So did you guys have a favorite area? And was that just because of... The style of the area, the type of Pokemon, the type
1: of interactions—like, what about that area made you love it? I really liked the Maricopa Reef. I thought that was like my favorite. You know, a lot of the water um, Pokemon—I won't spoil which Pokemon there are, but there are some that are super cool. They did like different moves, and just some that just there's some there's some Pokemon that just felt very majestic. There's ones that did little tricks and you know said hi, and I don't know, it just felt very. it just felt very serene to me, and it, it touched me in a way where I wouldn't think Pokemon photography would be for me. So yeah, I I definitely enjoyed the reef. <laughs>
2: yeah, and funny enough, reef was definitely my favorite place as well. You know, you it, it was just it was nice. You could go through; it was really just kind of peaceful. You know, my a couple terrifying things that might try and attack you but then you know you're going along all of a sudden <laughs> boom giant blue monstrosity of a whale lord just comes out and breaching the water there or just chilling and he's in his full magnificent size unlike, like you know what they think they did yeah. what it was at, uh kevin's favorite game ultra sun or sun and moon where they shrunk him down to Aww. you know this <laughs> tiny little thing here he is now in his full man <laughs> if you zoom in you're just gonna take a blue square photo and it's just like Yes, this is what I'm going to submit, a blue square, and see what, how many points I can get, because it should definitely get me the size points, because he's filling up that whole frame.
1: Oh, boy, my favorites. <laughs> Man, oh, plugs favorite
0: for answer. our Discord, jabs at Kevin, you're checking all the boxes. Glad to have you on the show.
2: My resume will be in my, with uh, sent over with the uh, recording
0: yeah for sure (laughs) for sure uh well you guys aren't alone the reef got a couple votes actually looking at it i think that's just you two so you guys are alone
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know great minds think alike we we chose the right area no i'm just kidding i mean the other areas were cool too uh we we got some good responses here uh fire flow volcano that was really nice Mm uh especially the fire pokemon as in the title um blushing beach yeah um that was next to the reef right yeah the... it's
2: the first place you went to before going to the reef
1: yeah it's pretty cool and then um let's see there was one more the jungle area uh level two specifically yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed that there were some pokemon that were kind of hard to get uh either at the beginning of the stage or somewhere in the middle and but it was just nice to be able to uh, see them you know Camouflage at times, mm-hmm. especially at night. I really didn't like that part. So,
0: yeah, the jungle was probably my favorite too, but it was like really hit or miss for me. I either really mm. loved it because it was just teeming with a Pokemon with cool interactions, or there were times where there's just like a really long lull on the level mm-hmm. where you had like the haze set in, and you couldn't see anything, and it just felt way too prolonged. Or there was just nothing going on for a while, and it kind of felt like wasted space. Um, so I think there could have been a lot more potential to be consistent in the jungle. But when the jungle was good, it was really good. It was probably one of my favorite parts of the game. So.
2: Well, I think that's kind of every level had that. You know, um, kind of thinking about it, you kind of go back to, um, you know, we'll take Dragon's answer with the fire flow Volcano. First time you go there, you're getting in there and it's it feels like a scene out of Jurassic Park. You're being chased by uh, the... I can't even think of saying that T-Rex, you know, the T-Rex. And then you just got into a point where it's a lull of all the gravelers up on the walls and whatnot. the same with uh, like the underwater level. You got to that lull of rising back to the surface and it's just a bunch of uh, tentacles around. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. that they could have probably better used a lot of their space. It just kind of felt like empty space was in there where it's just like, okay, I'm waiting. Or you got to the point where it's like, well, let's take advantage of only having so many photos and just finish the level now before having to get to the end.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And kind of mm. on that note, what did you guys think of the Illumina areas where you kind of had the main event Pokemon and it kind of felt like you were going to the area just to take a picture of them? Um, that area, those areas seem to fall a little bit flat for me where I was almost confused on what I had to do to get the right picture because I thought I was getting good ones. And then I'd go to get them graded. And he's like, what? You didn't take any pictures I could grade. And I felt like I either didn't understand, especially the fire one was a little confusing mm-hmm. for me and the first one I forget the name of the Pokemon the big Bidinium. grass one with the flower yeah Bidinium, yeah that one was cool at first but then it just got really repetitive when I'm mm-hmm. like I'm taking 60 pictures of the same Pokemon like what did you guys think of those levels were they like a good idea just not developed well or should have they just been scrapped altogether?
1: I wish it could have like been incorporated within the main levels not just have its mm-hmm. own level because you're focused because like when you do those like Illumina or level or just those Illumina Pokemon specific levels. It just feels uh, too narrow, and I I wish they could have been more incorporated with the main levels and uh, you know and just like a like at the very end or maybe there's like a secret path you can take and if you were able to take it you can take a you know take a picture of the the Lumina the illuminated Pokemon. I I think they should have done that. Uh, I mean even though the requests that you get could kind of help on how to get the best four star photo or whatever of, of those aluminum pokemon um it just felt very slow to me uh especially that one water one oh, i don't want to oh my god that was so tedious <laughs> it just felt yeah. like it was going on man, forever uh that's the one part that's just one of my biggest gripes in terms of like actually going through the levels i just don't that one i did not like
2: <laughs> yeah I, I i agree you know they were cool it was a cool concept i you know, a lot of people, one of the gripes, you know, I saw reviews and it kind of felt like people didn't understand the game. But this game does have a lot of forced repetitiveness to it where you got to go play the level and you got to play it again. But especially with the Illumina levels where it's like you go in the first time and I was getting some cool shots, I thought. But then it's like, oh, no, we only want it when it's actually experiencing the Illumina phenomena the first time. I didn't really care for mm. that. because It's like you have to take only these. It, that really felt like then. Now it's like, OK, you're taking away the creativeness and telling me this is my goal this is all I can do but then I agree you know the water level and the fire level where you you know did not care for those because going back to the joke of this being a first person shooter it it became one of those levels but you don't have crosshairs that really show you where you're aiming and so I had to play them a few times to actually get photos I could use just because I couldn't hit anything with the illumina orbs it's like guessing where to lob them at so you could actually get good photos or else it wouldn't count for
1: anything yeah that's a good point and uh, yeah so i think i think that cassettes is out you know we did not <laughs> enjoy these as much as we want to so.
2: <laughs> back to the drawing board with them
1: yeah yeah i thought the first one was pretty cool
0: the first time i went through it like the third or fourth time i was kind of over it so if they decide mm. to do a new new pokemon snap um i definitely hope that they still incorporate the idea because it's cool But it definitely could have been implemented better, and I think we had some pretty solid suggestions for improving that. Um, But another question we had asked that kind of goes along with Favorite Area was, which picture are you guys most proud of taking? Is there anyone that stands out? I know we've taken like literally (laughs) thousands of pictures this month, but is there one that's just like burned into your memory?
1: Oh my gosh. I'm going to keep this really short, but it's literally getting that four-star picture of Melodic Doing this beautiful spinning twister move with like this aesthetic spiral that I think can rival any professional photographer that takes something similar. I mean, it just took a while to like figure out how do I get a four star photo for this uh, Illumina Pokemon. And when I finally got it, I was like, yes, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm proud of it, but I'm done. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, it is really beautiful, but... Oh, boy, just the number of times I had to try to get that, uh, to figure it out, to get it. Uh, yeah, I didn't like that one.
2: Yeah, for me, I keep as well. You know, it was more just trying to find the most funny photo or, like, interesting interaction, which was one of getting, like, a uh, pukamuku, one of the little sea cucumber-looking things, flying in the air, looking mm. like it's about to be eaten by a huh. uh, uh, pelipper. I mean, of course, in reality, it was coming out of yes. a pelipper's mouth. But making it, you know, Mm -hmm. giving that feeding time look. And that was was probably just one of my favorite photos uh, that I took.
0: Yeah, I really liked any picture where, we had mentioned it previously, you bounce an apple off their head and take a picture right after. Those are, like, super entertaining the first couple hours I spent in the game. But then you've Mm -hmm. got, like, all these apples around their feet, and it kind of takes away from the picture. Um, As far as the one that really stands out to me, I kind of found myself really loving just a generic Pokemon that I wasn't familiar with going into this game. And that's Bidoof. Um, (laughs) yeah, I got a four star (laughs) diamond with it where it's like poking its head out of a dam and it's like the cutest picture. It's perfectly centered. The lighting's really nice. I was like super proud of that one. It was one of my first four star diamonds. And there's just something about like the look of that Pokemon. That's so generic, but like so endearing. Like I just, I don't know. I feel like I'd die for a Bidoof not to be like dramatic or anything, but <sighs> Badoof they,
1: I have to say they were pretty adorable and the thing is, is like I think we kind of alluded to this before where uh, you know, normally you wouldn't really care about Bidoof, but in this game you do because they just do the darndest things.
2: Oh, uh. <laughs> no, no, you, you do care about Bidoof and we're going to be caring about him, of course when Brilliant Diamond uh, Shining Pearl come out because He's a Gen 4 Pokemon, so... Oh, really? That's right. right. He was... Everyone loves Bidoof because, and you know, little, if because HMs are going to come back. He's an HM boss. He can do all the HMs for you, so everyone does care for Bidoof. You should show him hmm, the respect well. he deserves. <laughs> all right. I might have
0: to train a team full of Bidoofs at this point. <laughs> That's the
2: only team that can beat the Elite Four in in Diamond and Pearl. Just Bidoofs. Interesting. <laughs>
0: My excitement oh my level God. for those games is just like through the roof right now. I have no <laughs> clue he was in that one. I'm like I'm stoked now. I can't wait to get my hands on that game.
1: Well, uh the the evolution of Bidoof is uh I mean I guess I'll probably an use abomination. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't think so. I mean it's a can I spoil it? <laughs> it's uh, what you do. <laughs> no, no I don't, please. I don't want that label, but I mean, Kelly, you can look this up later on, but um, I will just say it's a beaver Pokemon, and I do like beavers. Um, you know, I, I I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I'm thinking about the that one show Nickelodeon, the Angry Beavers, uh, with um, I think Daggett and Norbert. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I that's going off track. I don't want to get into that. It's a good show. Um, anyway, <laughs> all right, but doof, I will definitely use one in uh, Diamond or Excuse Me. The new diamond and pearl games, I forgot the name of them already, but yeah, I will use one. I don't know how long I will use it, but it will be caught. You release your starter after catching one.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh man, okay.
1: (laughs) I don't know how to feel about that, but you know, that could be a good challenge.
0: oh man yeah. so other photographs our community took that they're proud of a dragon had a nice shot of applin surrounded by apples that i totally didn't do on purpose i saw that one that was really cool it took me a second to even uh find the pokemon and all those apples um mm. shy guy had mentioned my mini and all photos of quagsire very majestic pokemon um i think that was my first professor's pick was like a nice shot of um a quagsire after i hit it with a glowing orb thing, the Illumina Orbs. So, Mm. Quagsire's got a special spot in my heart for this game, too.
1: I like Quagsire, too. That was the first Pokemon in this game that got a four-star diamond. And I... I won't say how I did it, because uh, that might be another spoiler, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's not what I'm known for. <laughs> for We're gonna have to
0: start beeping you out every time you uh, <laughs> try to spoil a game.
1: <laughs> I know, but um, it was very the 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 pose was very cool, and it reminds me of my username way too high. So that's all I'm gonna say. That's not a spoiler. That's just <laughs> something. That's just an observation that I made. <laughs> okay, I'm done. <laughs>
0: oh man so if there hasn't been enough controversy on this episode we are going to get into the most controversial question would you consider this game a must buy for switch owners what do you guys think is this uh up there with breath of the wild mario odyssey kind of those games that you need to have on switch
2: so i feel like we need to go back to uh, y'all's rpg episode and do it have our debate and argument because i do know me and kevin here are different on this um I, I say mm. no, you know, I'll talk this game up, but I don't think it's for everyone. And I know that, you know, it's it's not your typical game. It's not a lot of action. It's that game you turn on, you know, like we've all said, it's a short burst game, but it's not the game that everyone's going to want to play. No one's going to, not everyone's going to want to sit down, be on an on rail and just take photos of Pokemon. And, you know, it's fine. It's, it's the game is what it is. And the people who buy the game, they know why they're buying it. And probably a lot of people who bought it, we're buying it for the nostalgia of the original game, or just because they like Pokemon, but definitely not for everybody.
1: So i I did say this is a must buy for Switch owners, but I, I want to put an asterisk here at a <laughs> discount. I so it's don't not. Think no, no, no. It is, but I think it's not worth sixty dollars. I think I think at forty, it's a must buy, but not at sixty. Um, I think it is because uh, it it's you know, there's not a lot of games on the Switch that, that does this sort of thing. And, I mean, for a good Pokemon game, you know, I, it, I think it it does a lot of things well. And, I mean, it's... I think there's something about taking photos in our generation that is just very appealing. Even if it's photos that you'll never... You'll you'll take once and you'll never... Maybe you'll never, like, consider it ever again. But the act of taking photos um, and being able to, you know, share them with others and post on, you know... Uh, the games, quote unquote, social media type of thing, uh, it's very relatable to how we, uh, you know, live our lives. Like we like to take photos of, you know, we have like our smartphones. I'm assuming that a lot of us have smartphones with decent cameras and uh, are able to, you know, just take some photos of like whatever. Like maybe it's like a nice couch you just got, or or the or nature, or wherever you you know travel and you want to take a picture, like a selfie um, or something. I mean, it's it's I think it's just something that just taps into you know how we live our lives every day and yeah but it's a must buy at 40 i don't think it's at 60 so that's all i got (laughs) to (laughs) say
0: yeah i'm gonna side with sean on this one i think it's a good game i think it's a game anyone can play but i don't think it's a must buy for switch owners if someone came to me and they just said man i just bought a switch and this happened to me recently my boss was like hey i just bought a switch for my kids like what game should i get them because he knows i'm an enthusiast And Pokemon Snap didn't come to mind. I thought about Breath of the Wild, Splatoon 2, Smash, Mario Kart, Mario Odyssey, but I don't know that Pokemon Snap's on that level. And I agree with you, Kevin. I don't think this is necessarily a $60 game for a lot of people. I think $40 is definitely the sweet spot, but at the same time, I don't want to discount that. Well, I don't want to take price into consideration if it's a must play, because I think that lends itself more to the quality of the game than the price-to-quality ratio of the game, if that makes sense. Um, So I'm definitely (laughs) siding on... This is a B-tier Switch game where Mm -hmm. after people have played the classics and they're looking for something new and refreshing, I'm like, sure, try Pokemon Snap. I think this would be a great game for you to kill some time. But I don't think it's one that you need on your Switch, necessarily.
2: It's a palate cleanser. You know, That's I'd definitely say, you know... I would agree with what Kevin said. Wait for that inevitable Nintendo Switch game sale that we always see happen. I mean, they're always going on sales. So you just wait for, you know, the Nintendo mm-hmm. Fusebox console to come out here in a couple of years.
1: Quave, <laughs> you got to help me out here. <laughs> he said yes. <laughs> we consider this game a must-buy for such owners. So, Quave, if you're listening to this, um, write, write in why this is a must-buy. But, no, I, I definitely agree with you guys. I mean, I... Look, I... I was just trying to find... I, I In my heart, I want this to be a must-buy, but in reality, I mean, I it it isn't the first one I would think of. Like, oh, you should get a new Pokemon Snap as your first game on the Switch, but... uh I tried.
0: <laughs> you know what okay. I think almost makes it harder to say that it's a must-buy is the existence of Animal Crossing. I feel like that's kind of a B-plus tier game on a must-own because, again, it's not for everyone, but I think it's for more people and has more there than pokemon snap does and there's almost so much overlap between taking a nice picture the social aspects things like that where i would almost feel like i'd recommend animal crossing before pokemon snap and while there's still like different games i think there's enough similarities where fans of one game tend to enjoy or want to play the other one um, it almost makes it harder to recommend Pokemon Snap because of that for some reason.
1: Oh, man. That's like... I mean, you're, you're putting... It's like new Pokemon Snap is like the small fry, and then An- Animal Crossing is like the heavy hitter. Oh, my gosh. That's hard to... Yeah, I mean, Animal Crossing... I mean, I've I've almost clocked in 400 hours. I'm at 395 or more right now. Um, and so... Uh, I, I Yeah, you're right. I, I definitely think uh, Animal Crossing does have a, a wider appeal, and it's more of a must-buy than... Uh, new Pokemon Snap.
2: You know, just really going back. You know, just save the money. Get yourself calculator. Get yourself. Uh, <laughs> get yourself spy alarm A security you can system. Actually, calculate how much you're saving by just buying those two games alone. You're
1: done. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So what we're really saying is that you just get those other games, these other <laughs> apps. Uh, just especially just the watch whatever.
2: Yeah say that De- De- or say Tech is doing
1: they are the they are revolutionizing the way <laughs> we play games and it all starts with utility apps like the calculator
0: <laughs> i mean i've reallocated all of my 401k into their stock like i'm all in so
1: oh really sold all my GameStop. stop yeah uh, oh i stole all my amc just for for this company i mean i'm good to go look like but we don't want to get into we're not we a financial, not financial advisors we, no, we are not, financial yes. advisors <laughs> just like the stock. that's a that's a disclaimer uh anything that we talk about financials uh does does not reflect on our on our podcast so you know you do what you do you do what you want uh we're just talking about what we hypothetically would do in a joking way uh but anyway <laughs>
0: All right, so now that we've already said we'd rather play the calculator app, um, how would you guys rate this game on a scale from 1 to 10?
2: Well, Let me get my calculator out real quick so I can just uh, do the math here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you got the calculator.
2: So yeah, I I, I feel it's a solid 8. I mean, are there things that they could have done better? We've already said yes, there are. But it really is still a great game to sit down and play. You know, all jokes aside, it is a charming game um, at the end of the day. Um, It's something, you know... I can sit down and play while having my, you know, I have a newborn, well, three-month-old, and I can have him sleeping and I can be playing this. It's not going to be something that's going to wake him up or disturb him or anything like that. So definitely I'd say it's a great game for those kind of things where it's like you want something that's chill, casual, you know, a zen moment. You play this. Um, So yeah, I'd definitely say it's a solid eight.
1: I am of the same mindset. It is a solid eight out of ten. Uh, There are definitely things that could have done better, but overall, very impressed. Uh, To me, an 8 out of 10 is a decent score, especially for a Pokemon game, so I approve. 7 out of 10, too much water? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) too much (laughs) water. Yeah, normally
0: I don't like water levels in games, but these ones are some of my favorites, so that's working in its favor. I'm going to agree with you guys and give it an 8. Um, I like the point that was made where this is a game that could be played in almost any situation. Once I log off of, you know, Fortnite, Smash, Rocket League, the competitive games, it's nice to have a game like this to boot up, play for, you know, 15, 20 minutes and relax a bit. Um, My go-to recently has been Pacross. There's like a million Pacross games on Switch, and that's nice to, like, relax too. But Pokemon's, like, almost a different vibe and, like, a little less thought goes into playing it. Um, you can just kind of relax, explore a bit. So it's almost like a different kind of relaxing, which I really like. Um, I don't think it's a game that you can really compare to any others on the system. It it provides um, a spot in your library that other games don't. And so for that reason, despite its flaws, I think it's definitely an eight. The community vote, um, I think we, if we average all this, comes out to about an eight and a half. So they're a little bit higher than we are on this, but in the same ballpark. So, overall, um, I think we've all mostly agreed besides Kevin. This is not necessarily a must-buy on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wait, wait a second. I got Quave in my corner, man. You know, we can you can't discount his uh, server response. He That's is true. The same I'm just just—I'm just talking
0: about people on the show right now.
1: All right. Well, in that case, yes, I am in the minority. Um, I, I think it is a must play for $40. <laughs>
2: So if you get a $20 <laughs> gift card to the shop, then pick it up spend another 40 and you're good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, I mean, look, if you buy the, you buy it for $40, which you could buy for 60, you could spend the other 20, 10 on the calculator and then another 10 on the Xylophone. So, you know, <laughs> that do be pretty good. Uh, I
0: I can't wait till E3 and we have like actual games to talk about and we don't have to talk about the calculator app every week. What are you talking uh, about? That'll be the true <laughs> test. If it's like a true classic and staple on the Switch, is if we're still talking about it after E3.
2: Did you not hear what the Treehouse Live event's going to be at E3 already? They've already released it. It's Calculator. That's all oh. it is. They're just going to be hitting one plus one over and over again on it.
0: Uh, well, knowing Nintendo, they're going to stop at three because they just can't crank out
1: those <laughs> fours. Keep them coming. Uh, we do appreciate hearing about these. So. <laughs> Yeah, so New Pokemon Snap, it's a solid game.
0: If um, our review of it, kind of our discussion on it sounded interesting, you haven't picked it up, um, definitely check it out once you get the time. I think it's worth your time. Um, we've all really had a good time with it, and I think it's been a good month for gaming. It's been relaxing, kind of leaving the month of RPGs, and I think this was a perfect follow-up to that. So, yeah, exciting. Stay tuned for what our next game of the month will be for June Obviously, a lot of announcements will be coming through for that, but I think that's going to wrap us for our discussion on Pokemon Snap. Did you guys have any final thoughts you wanted to get out on this game before we lay it to rest?
2: Just wish they wouldn't have put the new in front of it because it really throws off when I'm going through all my games that it's not in the same little area as all the other Pokemon games I have. That's my only other gripe. That really is what took the two points off of it from a 10 to an 8.
1: Understandable. Understandable. (laughs) I mean, look, if they had different pieces of music that are more memorable... And especially for the Melody Player, it would be a 8.2, 3, 5. <laughs> So, uh, no, it will be at least an 8.5 for me. But, yeah, solid <laughs> 8 for me. So,
0: yep. Awesome. Well, Kevin, I believe you are serving as Sergio Light this week. If you wanted to uh, <laughs> go ahead and read the responses from last week and give us a new question.
1: Absolutely. Uh, but before we give the new question, we have the weekly question of this week, from last week, for this week. Here we go, right now from last week which is your favorite sequel that has the number two in the title and we have gotten some awesome answers uh for this question so from dragon he said kingdom hearts 2 uh i believe that is one of your favorite franchises if i'm not mistaken um is that right (laughs) it is yeah still is very good uh with that Ferrars Dragon mentioned Diablo 2 for sure. Super pumped for that remaster coming out. Honorable mention to Star Wars Battlefront 2, the good one. That's a good call. <laughs> uh Naprad mentions Splatoon 2. Ooh, that's a solid pick. Um Q mentions to the sp- surprise of exactly no one, Portal 2. Everything the first one did well, done even better. Lovable and funny villains. Even more mind bending puzzles with just that perfect amount of heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have another one for Portal 2, uh, which with uh, one of our uh, favorite people, Shy Guy, aka TJ, he stands with Cube with Portal 2. Very good. Uh, we have Laddie, uh, Steam World Dig 2. That's a great pick. I'm still playing it and I've yet to finish it, but it will be finished hopefully sometime this year. Uh, Cappy FMO, Portal 2, one of my favorite games and one of the best franchises ever. So we have three for Portal 2. That's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Hi, I'm Tom mentions Star Wars Battlefront 2. No, not the 2017 one. I'm assuming he's talking about the good one. <laughs> I'm talking about the, the absolute amazing 2005 version where you could fly into an enemy ship, jump out, and run to their generator room, blow it up, then get back to your ship and fly away. I have so much nostalgia and love for this game and fond memories of extremely hype battles with my friends. And last but not least, our, one of our favorites, Sergio mentions Rock Band 2.
2: <laughs> Good call. Very
1: solid. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and what about you guys? What do y'all think is your favorite sequel that has the number 2 in the title?
2: Um, well... The, I'm going to go way back here. Uh, we're going back to Donkey Kong Country 2, Diddy's Conquest. Um, I mean, one, I just like the name alone because it's a play on words of being a conquest. But secondly is, I mean, it just took everything, you know, that Donkey Kong Country 1, which was an amazing game I loved, did... And then did it so much better. You you got the amazing uh, composition done by David Wise, who was just a master of the time. Whenever with uh, what he could do on the Super Nintendo, there you have amazing, uh, you know, the amazing graphics that they did on the Super Nintendo, amazing by the standards of that time, I would say. And it was just a great game to play. You know, I just remember playing through the. You know, first level is always memorable to me is the pirate ship level. Going through that, fighting the giant buzzard at the top, throwing their eggs at it, and playing his uh, Diddy and uh, tricks. Yes, Trixie Kong, then, Um, you know, playing through that, it was just a great game, but that would have to be my answer is Donkey Kong Country 2.
0: Nice. Good answer. Um, I'm going to turn back the clock a bit, too, but not go quite as far back. I'm going to go to the PS2 here. Time Splitters 2 was, like, a Mm. really big game for me growing up. I really enjoyed playing that game with my brothers. It's just, like, a super silly arena shooter, and... It's actually pretty exciting because the original team that worked on it are getting back together to produce a new Time Splitters game. So, really excited to see if that kind of recaptures um, what Time Splitters was, if they really capture the nostalgia or decide to go a whole new direction. But the team did a great job with that one, so I'm excited to see what they can do.
1: Nice. Very solid choices. Uh, let's see. For me, uh, this may not be a surprise Uncharted 2 Among Thieves, <laughs> one of the best titles. In all video game history, in my opinion, I Debatable. mean, I—we've
2: th- <laughs> 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 learned what your opinions kind of show us through this episode and past episode. So,
1: take a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look, Uncharted two—it it was really good for its time, and it still is. Like uh, when I first saw it on the TV, I don't know why I'm talking as if it were in the '50s, but uh, when when I first saw it. Uh, when one of my friends was playing it, uh, way back then in, in our college days, uh, he had like an HDTV and he was playing it on his PS3. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, uh, besides like how, you know, how good the game looked, like it was a really awesome adventure that I wanted to be a part of. And then when I got my PS3, uh, it was definitely one of the first games that I've gotten, I believe I've gotten it as a gift and it was so cool to, uh, embark on this adventure with nathan drake and um i'm gonna stop there because i don't want to spoil the game as kellen mentions that i may or may not be someone who does that a lot here but you are spoiler <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no 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 oh man okay but all right <laughs> well i don't want to spend eight hours spoiling this game but it is a pretty cool game and i think it's my favorite sequel to number two um, is done everything well, more than the first iteration. And yeah, I mean, it's just been a really fun time. So Nice. Yep. Uh, so for this week's weekly question of the week for this week, what kind of food have you not had yet that is considered to be a universal thing to have? And have you tried it for the first time recently? If so, how was it?
0: Very specific question.
1: Yeah, very specific. And you know what? We'll figure, we'll figure out and or already know our answers. Uh, we will talk about them next week. So there you go. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We're going to jump out of here. If you haven't already, you should try Sautéed Pikmin. <laughs> uh, okay. Please and don't. if you haven't already- <laughs>
2: at least eat them sustainably
1: okay there we go try saute pikmin and eat them sustainably as what sean just mentioned if you haven't already join our discord group the description for this episode has a link to it if you'd like to join we are also on twitter instagram and facebook and check out our blog at nintendojump.blogspot.com send us any feedback you have at NintendoJumpPodcast at gmail.com. The best way to support this show is through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash nintendojump or by leaving a r- 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 review for this show in your favorite podcast application. This is Kevin, and on behalf of Kellen, Swilly, and Sergio, thanks for listening. We hope you have a great week. Goodbye. See you guys. That is the melody that you play from the melody player, from New Pokemon Snap, but in my own voice, in my own <laughs> remix. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Bye, everybody. Stay safe. Bye, everyone. I would have scared off the Pokemon, FYI.
1: I don't. You're think supposed so.
0: to. You're supposed to lure them in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, this is supposed to shove them away. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's why they should have more music for that melody player. (laughs)